Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It is good to be back with you again today as we hit our second sermon from this current sermon series called Unexpected Gifts, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, But let me read from the scripture that uh, I'll be focusing on today. This comes from the Gospel of Luke, and I'm going to read through, uh, or from the third chapter, verses 7 through 16. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untong the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, and the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire." May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. So from time to time, uh, here in our household, we, uh, my wife and I, run short on cash. And, uh, and from time to time, even though we are more and more living in a cashless society, sometimes you need cash. And so if you, are, if you don't have any, and maybe you don't have time to stop off at the ATM, if you have children... Uh, you know that sometimes they have piggy banks, and sometimes those piggy banks have uh, cash in them and or coins from maybe birthday money or uh, other ways that maybe uh, from their allowance or from babysitting or whatever. Uh, So uh, I don't think I'm alone on this because I've asked other parents if they do the same thing. so if you need some cash, it's urgent, and you go into their room and maybe you take five, ten dollars, and you say to yourself, uh, you know, be sure I will, I will give it back. I will pay them back. Maybe I'll even throw in an extra buck in interest. This will be a good learning lesson for interest. So you, you do it. You take a little bit of money, and the thinking is you will pay them back. Uh, and I don't know if people feel bad about that. Maybe they feel like it's ever so slightly unethical, or maybe uh, when parents do this, they may justify to themselves, oh, all the things I bought this child, they probably owe me, so maybe I'm just paying myself back. So you go through all these, at least I go through some of these things in my own mind. Uh, and I think, I'd like to think the vast majority of the time I do pay them back. But it's just kind of interesting, the thought process that one may go through when taking uh, some money from your kids. So I thought about that as I was thinking and reflecting on the scripture passage and on the focus of the sermon this week, and that is the question, what do we do or how should we respond when we don't have enough? 
Or maybe a better way to say it is how should we respond when we don't think that we have enough? So I noted earlier that we started a sermon series last week called Unexpected Gifts, God's Transforming Values. So during this Advent season, we're looking at uh, this time of the year through the lens of what uh, has been called transforming values. And that is a, a series of values that were developed by an organization, organization here in the Chicago area called Crossroads. A couple of years ago, we went through an anti-racism audit. So really looking at who we were as a church, everything from the songs we sing to the sermons we preach to our leadership structures, to our staff, uh, everything to see, are we either consciously or unconsciously set up in a way that uh, gives prime primary value to whiteness? Uh, and so we had Crossroads come in and really work with us on this. And Crossroads introduced us to what they call transforming values, looking at what in the white world, uh, as they deem that, is a value versus what is a value perhaps that we should be working toward. So last week we talked about either or thinking uh, versus both and thinking. Uh, And today I want to talk about two, again, two different values. One is having a scarcity worldview uh, and the other is having an abundant worldview. So all of these different values we believe are also very Christian and integrate very nicely into how we perceive the gospel and what we believe the gospel proclaims. So before we look at this passage from Luke, let me just give a little bit of uh, definition about these two different uh, worldviews, scarcity versus abundance. Scarcity reflects uh, a thought that you only have finite resources, and that becomes the excuse for limiting things. It creates an environment where people have knee-jerk reactions of, we don't know, we don't have money for that. No becomes the automatic answer to innovation. No becomes the automatic answer to anti-oppression, liberation. And so it's hard to be mission-focused when the default setting is no, because we don't feel like we have enough. Now compare that to the abundant worldview that uses resources responsibly and generously. So that operates from a premise of we have an abundance. We have an abundance of resources. We have an abundance of power. And so then, if you believe that, then questions about how to use resources shift. Not that you're uh, not judicious about how you use your resources, but you also realize we are operating first and foremost from abundance. We have more than we realize. Let's operate from there rather than the scarcity mindset, which means and says that we don't have enough. We will never have enough. And so because of that, You think that you just have to keep on doing what you have been doing. And as I noted earlier, just say no to everything. So in the scripture today, we have a lot of people who struggle with the scarcity worldview. So first, let's talk about John the Baptist. As I noted earlier, uh, or as I noted last week, sometimes in some of these passages we're reading during the sermon series, you might think, "Uh, this doesn't seem very pre-Christmassy to me. Where are the wise men? Where are the shepherds? And we'll get there. But uh, often in Advent, earlier in Advent, sometimes churches will look at John the Baptist. This was John was a prophet. We read in the Gospel of Luke, actually, that John is a cousin of Jesus. John the Baptist uh, says it uh, like he sees it. Uh, He is blunt. 
sometimes other passages in the scriptures describe his attire and eating habits. The Gospel of Matthew says that John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. John is that guest who may crash the party, and people are murmuring to themselves, who invited this guy? If you look at crush sets, you see the lovely Mary and Joseph and all the different characters. Uh, I googled, I cannot find a John the Baptist figure to put in the crush set. Uh, nobody really wants John around because he tells it, like I said, he tells it like it is, and he does not hold back. And the same thing is true here today. He is addressing people who have a scarcity worldview. He is challenging them to change their mindsets to change how they see the world. And he kicks things off by saying, you brood of vipers. Now this, I'm sure if you are taking a class on public speaking, uh, or if you watch TED Talks, for example, not many people are going to open by insulting their audience. But John wants to capture their attention. So who is he talking to? Who is his audience here today in this passage that we're reading? Well, among other people, he is addressing, um, broadly speaking, three different groups. He's uh, addressing people who uh, have more than enough in their world. He's addressing tax collectors, and he's addressing soldiers. So he challenges them, opens the passage by challenging them about thinking about how they live their lives. And so then the people ask, all right, if that's true, if I want to change my life, what do I do? What do I do? So now John gets at some specifics and also, as I noted, gets at their worldview. So to the people who have more than enough, he says, you, you probably have two coats. Do you need two coats? And he encourages them to, to give one away. You know, we spend a lot of our time and energy focusing on what we don't have rather than taking stock of what we do have. We live into this mindset of scarcity. I mean, Christmas sets ourselves up for that. You know, wishless things. What do, we, what do I have in my life that I, that I need or that I want? And so John is really encouraging, challenging listeners here. All right, take a look, take stock of what you have. You probably have more than you realize. So he's addressing people who may have this scarcity worldview, who may have two coats in this case and think to themselves, maybe I need a third. And instead he says, you have more than enough. You have more than you realize. Give one of those away. John also addresses tax collectors. So a better way to address this or to describe who tax collectors are would be toll collectors. So toll collectors, they paid the right to collect tolls from citizens, and then they would pay that to the government. So you could easily see where uh, this would uh, lend itself to corruption and abuse. So for example, if you needed to pay the government uh, a certain amount of money to collect tolls, they would then add some uh, some fees to that in order to pocket some of that too. So John is telling the tax collectors, you have more than enough. You are operating out of a scarcity worldview, thinking that you do not have enough. And he says the same thing to the soldiers. And these were probably not Roman soldiers, but instead local mercenaries, maybe hired by the tax collectors. So it could be extortion. These are extortionists. That's what some of the scholars say. So here, John is saying to them, think about the power that you have. You may think that you don't have enough power in your life and you need to continually grab more. So again, he's challenging the way that they see the world. 
out of scarcity. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough things. I don't have enough power. These are the three groups that John is addressing. And so he's challenging them and telling them, you actually have more than you realize. And so if you come out of this with a scarcity worldview, you think that I need to hoard, that I need to extort, that I need to corrupt. And so John is saying the exact same thing to the people here in this scenario. And I believe John is speaking to us today. When we think to ourselves or reflect on our own lives, am I operating out of a scarcity worldview or out of an abundant worldview? Do I constantly think I don't have enough of, and then name whatever it is, or do I have more than I realize? This time, or sometimes it, it concerns me with this whole notion of uh, America first, and sometimes this administration's policy seems to come out of a very much a scarcity worldview, saying we need to hoard, we need to turn inward, because what we have is not enough, and so we need to just uh, pile up all of our different resources. So one example of how this is playing out, this is happening just in recent weeks. So you may not have heard something that's called the public charge, and these are people who need extra assistance in their lives, like temporary assistance for needy families. So there's been a proposed rule that is being um, brought up by, this, uh, by the current administration that would make it harder for documented immigrants to get green cards if they have received public assistance. So for example, into the current policy, immigration officers can deny green cards if an applicant has used cash aid like TANF or temporary assistance for needy families, or if they have used supplemental security income, which helps the elderly and the disabled who have little to no income. So this current administration wants to expand that and go even further to say, if you have ever received money from Medicaid, if you've ever received food stamps, if you've ever received Section 8 housing assistance, if you've ever used a Medicare low-income subsidy for prescription drugs, if you have used any of these things, they want to deny your ability to get a green card. So what's happening is immigrants who are here, documented immigrants who are here and want to apply for a green card, they have to make the decision, do I apply for a green card or do I apply in order to get subsidies for prescription drugs, for example? Do you see what's happening here? This administration is saying, thinking out of a scarcity mindset. We only have so much in our resources. We don't have enough to give to these people. And so they were trying to penalize people in order to make use of resources that are available. But they want to continually winnow out the people who they don't believe should be here. And this kind of mindset, this is what happens when we have this scarcity mindset. We keep thinking that we don't have enough. And so because of that, we hoard and we withdraw and we limit what can be given to others. And this is not who God is. God is in the abundance business. God is not in the scarcity business. Do we ever think that we would call God one who is scarce or that gives scarce resources? No. We see this in the passage. Did you note one of the verses says, God is able, John says, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. 
God is even able from stones to bring resources to light. When it seems like there is nothing, this is what the passage says, when it seems like there is nothing, God produces something. God is abundant. And that should be our worldview if we are followers of Christ, not having the mindset like the people in this passage, well, I, I don't think I'll have enough resources. I don't think I have enough power. I don't think I have enough wealth. Instead, we take a step back and reflect and realize we probably have much more than we realize. And so hopefully that makes us take stock of that and then maybe to see how we use our resources differently. The summer of 2017, we produced uh, some videos. This was uh, at the time of Pride Month. And we highlighted some individuals from Urban Village. And the whole theme of this video series was God is proud of you. And one of the people that we highlighted was is a woman named LV who goes to our Hyde Park Woodlawn site. So they're very short, uh, about one minute videos about these individuals. Uh, LV is gay. And so it talked about who she is and how she found Urban Village. So we posted this video on our Facebook page in addition to some other videos. So I think we probably knew that maybe people would comment uh, in harmful ways, but we were taken aback, particularly by the comments that were coming uh, through or at the bottom of LV's video. So somebody named Gabe uh, commented right out of the box, and his first sentence was, the times of great apostasy are upon us. And then Gabe continued to say everything that was wrong with LV in this video. Somebody named Rory chimes in and is affirming what Gabe is saying and quoting the Bible out of context. Gabe jumps back in and warns people who follow this church, meaning Urban Village. And then Gabe starts tagging others to essentially pile on. Gabe tags somebody named Joe. Gabe tags somebody named Terrence, wanting them to join in too. And Joe obliges. He chimes in. This is June 27th, 2017 mostly negative comments. Can you imagine then that night, if Elvie is looking at this, what is she thinking? No doubt she has been struggling her whole life with this. She finds a context where she is affirmed and welcomed. And yet, uh, we can imagine that these voices tell her that maybe there is a scarcity of goodness in the world. Maybe there is not enough kindness Maybe love is a limited resource. And in fact, these dominant voices, these are the ones that rule the day. But then, the next day, the stones start crying out. Emily, Lena, Drew, Jacqueline, Josh, Brandy, Carolyn, Javon, Katie, Larry, Vania, Stephen, Rico, Mary, Jessica, Tammy, Joel, Danny, Brittany, Laura, Ben, Katie, Grant, Liz, Tim, Jarrell, and Macy. All of these people start responding to those who were critical the day before. And they did not engage with those who were critical. What they did was just time after time after time giving testimony to the impact that LV had on their lives, testifying to the fruit that they see in LV's life. So that LV and others would know, indeed, there is abundance of goodness in the world. There is not a scarcity of goodness in the world. 
one after that list of people who all uh, testified to LV's goodness, Joe, who I mentioned earlier, interrupted and started having his say. But then Michelle, Aaron, Greg, John, Felix, Brandon, Bonnie, and Brett continued to chime in too and saying, this is who LV is in my life. Here's one example. Bonnie said this, LV, I am so thankful that God made you who you are. Your exuberance in worship, your strength and energy and community and constant service has only continually drawn us closer to Christ. And Bonnie continued on in that way. Abundance won the day, friends. There are times in our society and in our life when we believe instead it's scarcity. People say that there is not enough, that there is not enough. There are enough resources there's not enough to go around. There's not enough love. There's not enough kindness. There's not enough, enough gentleness. There's not enough fruits of the Spirit. And it wears on us when we have that worldview, that we realize, we look at the world and say, this is the way it is. But the God that I believe in is a God of abundance. The God that I believe in says, these stones can cry out and will cry out. And that is what we are about. That is what we are trying to convey in this sermon series, to go from a scarcity mindset that says we have to hold on and say no, and instead an abundant mindset to say, hmm, we believe in a God who gives more than we realize. Let us reflect on that and let us change our worldview to allow other voices to allow other ways of being, to allow other testimonies and witnesses to form who we are. That's the abundance mindset. And so when we go through our lives and we feel like, wow, I'm short, I don't quite have enough. And so we may try to raid little places that we think are have more than enough or have resources. Instead, to take a step back and say, actually, I may have more than I realize. Thanks be to God for that abundance. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, I'll be back next week with a shortened sermon. We're doing a Christmas pageant uh, at our sermon or at our uh, worship location, but I will be sharing a few words. And so that will be uh, next week. And so until then, you can reach out to me, Christian at urbanvillagechurch.org or my website, christiancoon.com and I'm happy to respond to you in that way. So until the next time, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you.